Lady Ballers? Welcome back. We're Soccer Props. And it's game time. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Good. Busy. Tired. Preseason. <laughs> Preseason. How's it going? That's good. We got, a, we got a lot of new changes, so just kind of feeling it out, you know? It's kind of the worst when you like you kind of know what to expect with few years, and then one year when it's unexpected and everything's going to change just a little bit more. Uh, yeah, like my first four years were really consistent, I'd say. And now it's uh, really different, yeah. <laughs> like fitness-wise, has it been really different? What was that? Like fitness-wise and stuff, has it been really different or the drills? No, just I'd say like, yeah, getting to know like a new coach's expectations and like what it is that they – like to look for and like the details that they look at the types of drills they do that kind of stuff i feel like it's harder for me to adjust to a new coach than it is like new teammates sometimes oh definitely i feel the same way it's it's like dating someone it's totally you have to like learn their habits learn their likes dislikes like yeah. all that all that so yeah by, by the way your instagram was hilarious about your husband's eating habits <laughs> wait was that butter or ice cream it was butter that's i mean I go, either way it'd be crazy but mel like oh, it's, i'm like oh, he pulls it out like that why he goes all the way to the bottom instead of going across like he must pull slice of butter it's, <laughs> it's so funny um but so yeah i mean we'll just dive right in we'd love to hear about what you think of the recent cba what it means to you um what you're hoping to see uh, that's not in it that you'd like added on. So anything, any thoughts you have on that, we'd love to hear. Yeah. I think um, I can speak for many players when I say that like it's, it's groundbreaking and really exciting to have such a good stepping stone in the path to like professionalism and women's soccer. Um, and we feel, we feel good about the first CBA we've able, we've been able to nail down Um our representatives and the players in this league and our team like worked so hard to get there. I think that there were really a lot of emotional ups and downs during the last, you know, like year and a half. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great, it's a great start. Um, at the end of the day, we want to be treated like professionals because we are professionals. We put in the same work as other professional athletes. And so this is a great first step. Um, what we could do in the future. I think like I'm, I'm loving seeing so many new moms in the league trying to balance motherhood and also being like a badass athlete. And I think there are definitely uh, pieces of the CBA that are getting there, but I think that, um, the more that we can make that like a stable, like option for people that want to consider family planning, like that's a big one for me. I'm de like, that's definitely something that's on my plate. Something that I'm thinking about is how I'm going to plan out something as unpredictable as like having a family. So I think that that's something that a lot of players are probably looking to for answers in the future. But um, there's definitely some really good stuff in the CBA to start like paid maternity leave. Um, and, you know, there's other elements in there that are going to cater to existing mothers or adoptive mothers in the league. So that's great. That's huge. Do you think that um, more people are going to be interested in playing the league because of that? I hope so. I think um, the league has obviously proved that this is our year 10, right? Year 10? Stable. Um, 
I feel like every year it just grows and grows and grows. We're expanding. I hope that players are less inclined to leave and go play somewhere else. And we're actually pulling more international talent. I think that makes this league more fun and more diverse. And um, I love seeing internationals in the league because I think that it, it can change the, the styles and the tactics a little bit more from like go, go, go American style. Um, so it's always fun to see um, different styles and soccer minds in the league. So I hope that it pulls um, from other countries and pulls maybe Americans back into the league. And as we continue to expand teams and there's more teams and more roster spots, maybe it's not as saturated and we can continue to just build this league and, you know, grow it for, to its potential. Yeah. I'm happy you brought that up. Cause I feel like the higher paying contracts now, like for example, Ch- Trinity Rodman's million dollar four year deal, it just must look so appealing to other players to like overseas to come play in the U S um, and even just younger players who like have always dreamed about playing soccer, but now they're like, Oh my gosh, like this is so legit. Now I can, you know, I could strive for this and, and actually, you know, hopefully by the time they get to playing professionally that they could be doing it full time and feel so comfortable in life because they're so like secured, you know, with money and with their, the contracts that they're, that are happening. Yeah. It's really I mean, amazing to see. I mean, the NWSLPA and the players rolled out the no more side hustles campaign. And I think that so many of us have really embodied like a passion for the sport for our whole life to the point where we don't look at it as also like a means to an end to some extent. And I think that we've always been kind of told that it would be selfish to see it that way, but this is my job. I should not have to also have three other jobs while I'm playing a professional sport where I'm supposed to be getting my eight hours of sleep three meals a day, um, making sure I'm getting my recovery modalities in, making sure I have all these checklists so that I can perform the next day. You can't do that if you're having three other jobs or, you know, going to school or whatever it is where you have to make ends meet. And so, yeah, it's huge. I think that like money is tied to how professional sport is. You look at the NFL and the NBA, like they're making a lot of money and they're the best in their sport and they're very professional and, um, people take them seriously. And unfortunately, that is what it takes for some people to look at a sport and take it uh, seriously is how much people are getting paid. Now we're not getting paid. Like not everyone's getting that kind of money, but like huge props to Trinity Rodman for earning that and deserving that and for Washington spirit to pay her that. And hopefully we start to see more of those contracts that encourage people to see this as like, I'm not just playing it because I love it so much, which you should be, but also you could be like you're a professional athlete and you should be treated as a professional athlete. Even more importantly than like the ones that we always see in the headlines and the biggest, you know, salaries and the biggest deals that have been signed is the minimum salary cap has now been significantly increased. Right. And that's for probably a majority of players on a team are closer to that minimum than the, the few that are getting paid the most. So what, what will that mean for players to, have that minimum salary. And I still don't even think that minimum salary is what it should be at. Uh, but what kind of, a, do you think that will lead to people having less jobs on the side or is it still not where it needs to be for you guys to be able to, you know, do this as your one focus thing and not have to have multiple streams of income just to be able to pay rent and things like that. Yeah. Um, I think we're taking a step in the right direction. Like you said, we made, we've made a substantial increase. Don't think it's where it needs to be at for people to forego having other jobs or be tempted to have other jobs to pick up 
additional income. Um, but definitely step in the right direction for sure. Um, you're right. I think I cannot remember the exact statistics. Don't quote me, but it is, I think it's over three quarters of the league is on minimum salary. Um, so the more that we can boost up that portion of the players, that's when we're going to start seeing that players can start focusing solely on their sport and being able to focus on it in a way that they've never been able to focus on it. Think about us playing club soccer when we're kids, we're high schoolers. We're maybe playing other sports. We've got friends. We've got a social life to balance with that. You jump into playing to college, you're a student athlete. You aren't able to fully dedicate your life to a sport until you're a professional. And we're still seeing that we're not able to do that 100%. So if we can boost that like, big portion of players into a situation where they can devote time, I can only imagine that the sport's going to get better when you don't have you know, 80% of the league dis- distracted with stuff at home and staying above the poverty line, you know? <laughs> so it can only be good for the sport, not just for our pockets, but also for the quality of the sport. If we're talking about, you know, um, if we're talking about it from that angle. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were, you were Ubering at one point, right? Like early on. Oh my God. Yes. That is crazy. Don't I can imagine <laughs> like that's mentally taxing. That's physically tiring. Like to do that and be a professional athlete. That's wild. You must have some, interesting uber stories yeah i think just being a woman and as an uber driver is not not the best um yeah yeah um yeah i thought it would be a good option because it could be flexible obviously i've got a crazy schedule i have never been able to tell and like i'm in a master's program right now trying to get experience for one day when i have a job that is not soccer and it's like i can't i'm like yeah what are your days off i'm like i don't know they change every week sometimes i don't have a day off sometimes i have three like i don't know um and so like Uber was flexible. Maybe I shouldn't say Uber. I ride shared. Um, <laughs> and I did it cause it was flexible and like, I could pick my hours and like yada, 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 but like creepy stuff. Yeah. Had to like pretty much decide not to drive at night after one too many, like creepy experiences decided I would like go ride share in a college town because like those would be people around my age, a lot of barfing, um, <laughs> just all around, not Great. And then I'm sure you've heard of more recently, especially in the COVID pandemic, rideshare drivers that are doing food deliveries. Uh, you don't get like no one tips. Like mm-hmm. you spend like an hour on a delivery and you get paid like four dollars. It's like Not horrible. Worth it. It is so I ditched that. Now I like I coach every like, you know, do some I have like some kids that I coach one on one. And then I, I coach my old high school team with my husband and my teammate, Emily Mingus. <laughs> Cool. Or more for fun. I think we're, you know, I'm in a, I think I'm in a spot finally where I, I don't need to feel pressured, but that was four years straight of doing like extra jobs here and there where I could get them. <laughs> so. What, yeah. um, do you see like any difference in high school athletes now that you're coaching? Like, do, do you think the game has changed a lot since you were in high school? Um, so I'm not able to see, I'm not like coaching clubs. So it's hard to see it at like a lot of different levels. I've noticed more of a difference in the kids more than I've noticed a difference in like the game. And I don't know if like, it just, maybe it was this pocket of kids I was with. I feel like I'm like trying to encourage them to be critical thinkers of the game more. Um, it's like, it's almost like I've gotten these kids and no one has taught them this far that they should like, like, being, like, like playing soccer, you know? Or like that they should be asking questions or like trying to understand the game. And it's not just like, 
fitness and carrying soccer balls around. So that's been like, and I've spoken to my teammate about that as well. It's like, how do we get this kid, this generation of kids seems um, to be like taking in information differently than we did. Um, And so how to like tap into that and like try to spark their interest in it because they seem so disinterested in sport, but they're showing up and like hanging out with their friends and enjoying it. But like, they seem so disinterested in it. I don't know if it's like cool to be disinterested in it, but that's my biggest difference is like, I've noticed that the kids are just like, it's probably generational, but that's challenging me as a coach to figure out how to like tap into it and like like, communicate, like we have something in common and that's soccer. So do you feel like that's, oh, sorry, Sean. I was just going to say, I wonder if that's because they've never had a coach who's pointed them in that direction. Like if they just had coaches who were like fitness and we'll do some drills and like, they're just like not getting that love through the sport. Um, from like for mentors so I wonder yeah it could be that what were you gonna say Carl I was also thinking like I just feel like American soccer has turned into like a, a whole organization where they're just like I don't know maybe it's too much pressure on the kids at too early of an age and like maybe there it's too much structure and like I don't know like there's something about it where because I felt that way too I mean yeah. we're older of course but I felt like it was starting to become more of a job at a younger age yeah. And then, you know, the kids are losing their passion for it and then they show up to practice and it's like, you're like trying to get them to like be interested and maybe they just, they're already burnt out at the age of like 12. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. I remember ECNL was not a thing when I was in high school before college, at least in, it wasn't a thing in Oregon where I grew up. Um, but I was playing for like the most competitive, like one of the three most competitive clubs in the state. And I remember it just being like, really structured and really intense trainings and I remember feeling what you described which is feeling like so burned out um which freaked me out on my way to college like I better not feel this way when I get to school um but feeling so burned out so yeah I wonder if that's how these kids are feeling but I also just they 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 don't get taught like um how to be critical thinkers of the game and that's kind of got to be on their past coaches and maybe we're not teaching kids this enough but I'm trying to like you know my past, my past coach told me that the forwards can't be more than 10 yards apart at any given time. I'm like, why did he say that? Why did she say, he or she? It was a he. Um, why did he say that? And she's like, I don't know. Um, so I'm like, just, I'm trying to teach them how to be like critical things. Okay. You, you could, you could do this when this is like the picture in front of you. But like, so I don't think kids think of soccer as a game, like football, where you have like plays that you're running or basketball, you have plays that you're running, but like, Soccer can be that way when you're setting traps and like transition from defense to offense or goal, like set pieces, like it can be that way. And I don't think that they think of it that way. So I, I'm hoping that that can make them like more engaged and more likely to stick with it and like be creative in soccer and not just show up and run and like who can kick the ball the farthest and shoot the hardest and run the fastest. You know what I mean? Cause that's how it kind of feels in American soccer growing up is like, who's got that like natural gift. Let's like, use that as our team's backbone yeah (laughs) so we want to ask you about your ACL injury um when you we were just talking about burning out did you feel like that was a portion of why it happened and I know like you talk about how much you learned about body mechanics from it do you feel like you became a different player after your injury yes I do feel like I became a better athlete after my injury I think when I showed up as a pro when I was drafted I wasn't the best mover anyway obviously my ACL injury only happened in 2020 so 
three years of being not a great mover. (laughs) Um, I just kind of had to relearn how to do everything Um, from day one, how to make sure that I'm activating all the correct muscles on that side and my other side, my healthy side. Um, and like you figure out, I was never activating this in the first place. And maybe that made, maybe that left me susceptible to the ACL, but, um, I don't think that burnout led to my ACL. I have a lot of like hypotheses about it because I've done body mechanics. Like I, I'm not someone that you would consider at risk for an ACL injury. When you look at like certain body mechanics and strength overloads and stuff, I wasn't at. I wasn't technically at risk for an ACL and it was non-contact and it happened so weird. Um, I was like playing soccer tennis in warm-up with the goalkeepers and Nadine, my goalkeeper coach feels so bad. She like was messing around and decided that we were going to use a tennis ball just to like make it fun and frustrating. And I was like so over it and annoyed and giving her crap and like tried to like basically kick it as hard as I could. And when I landed, I had torn my ACL and it was just like, she thought I was faking it, I think, but so weird. Like I wasn't even on, was not even trying to do anything. Um, but that was at the 2020 challenge cup. We were at altitude. We had a lot of games as heavy load. We were switching from turf to grass. I'm my nutrition wasn't where it should have been for that, like level of playing just from what we had access to in our environment with COVID and, you know, being able to order food and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot of hypotheses about maybe what caused it, but nonetheless, it was once it happened, I knew that that's what had happened. It's like the weirdest sensation. Like when that happens, you don't need imaging. I feel like yeah. if it happened, you just like instantly know that that's what has happened because it's such a weird feeling. Yeah. It's so weird. It's such a weird feeling, but I agree. I feel like a lot of more players who it's happening to, afterwards you become a better player because you're focusing on doing the right things all the time and even focusing on things like nutrition and and kind of like breaking down what are the things that I can control obviously not everything is controllable but there are things in our power that we can do to try and not have it happen but yeah what was the most frustrating part of that injury uh, there are of course a lot of frustrating parts of being injured but what was the thing that you remember being like the hardest mental struggle for you? I think it just felt like, um, it felt like the 2020 challenge cup was my first opportunity in the league to like set foot on the field and compete. Um, and it just felt like that would be like, that was stripped away. Um, that was kind of like the initial feeling was like, I had, I only had like four games under my belt, but it felt like I was doing well. And at the time I was battling it out between to trying to be a number two or a number three. So it felt like I had just like taken a lot of steps and then I fell back to where I began. Um, and then in the, in the throes of the ACL, it's like that no longer becomes your priority. Your priority becomes like getting better. Um, and so I think that the biggest struggle, like in the throes of the ACL was just like, um, you'd get these like mini speed bumps along the way and feeling like they're adding up and adding time or feeling like they're going to linger. Um, mentally that's really hard to feel like when you finally can start running again or cutting again or passing again, I would get these like really intrusive thoughts on the field that I'm going to tear my ACL if I like the next step I plant because it was so weird and it happened so out of the blue. It was really hard for me to fight those thoughts that I wasn't going to do it again that day. And that was really scary. Um, and I know I'm not alone in that, but like feeling like 
no matter what you do and try to control what you can control, it can still happen again. That's really scary. Okay, and then, so what was your personal mechanism of either pushing those intrusive thoughts out or get moving past them and just getting yourself in a better headspace to have, have like a full true comeback? Yeah, I think just, you know, those ones are kind of hard to like let go of because I think there's just a lot of fear behind it. They're not always rational feeling like you're just going to do it again. Um, and so I had to like really take trust in my process and that I was a better athlete than I was before I did it, that I was doing the right things. I was eating better. My fitness was better. I was a better mover. I was preparing my body for, body for training better. Um, had to take real trust in that, in that process. Um, and just know that if it did happen again, it wasn't going to be the end of the world. And there's plenty of athletes that have done a double ACL and they're they're not you know they're they're fine um so just like working through that fear rationally is tough but necessary so eventually you you prove to yourself that you came out on the other side of it and it kind of gives you faith in your ability and in, in, in your resilience to to overcome things like that too so yeah, it's a lot i feel like the the mental part of it sometimes the physical you're so we're so used to training and we're so used to being disciplined with our bodies and, and following the right steps to, to get where we want to be. But the, there's no right steps for getting past the mental side yeah. of that. There's no right. handbook on it, unfortunately. No. <laughs> yeah. It was rough. Have you always played goalie or did you play other positions? Um, I was competitively a goalie for most of like once I started, once I joined a competitive club, but I, played on the field with my high school team until my senior year I split time but like with my competitive club they would not there's no way they would put me on the field but I was playing club or playing field for like my high school team what position were you playing I was kind of thrown all over like I'm kind of tall I'm like I was generally athletic as a teenager so they just kind of stuck I was kind of anywhere but the back line when in reality I probably would have been an okay center back (laughs) because I'm tall yeah uh, and I, not technical, so like should not have been in the midfield. Um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say, yeah, I was a forward, which is cliche, but yeah. Do you think that it helps your game long term as it like playing the different positions and kind of getting a better feel for it? Um, I don't know if like my level of ability helped me long term, but me doing that helped my interests to get better long term, if that makes sense. So, yeah. like, I would like in going into college, like. I'm now officially a goalkeeper, no longer on the field. And since my first year of college, I've trained with, you know, a couple of goalkeepers. Sometimes they don't want to work with their feet and they hate it. They don't like jumping in with field players for rondos and possession and stuff. And I always felt like I really loved that. And so while I don't think it helped me initially, it definitely like allowed me to feel interested in it to get better. And so even as a pro in the off season, I kind of, hang the gloves up and I only do stuff with field players in the off season and that's what helped me get better with my feet is like being interested in it and liking it so yeah that's amazing you remind us of our goalkeeper in college Kelly she was an athlete like it just it's really cool um do you have any tips for goalkeepers to elevate their game or any like things that you do that help you elevate your game that players can take away Honestly, like what we just talked about, like getting out of your comfort zone and if it's soccer trying to play, like get better with your feet is a big one. Um, 
I know that field players love having goalkeepers that are comfortable with their feet and it's like a big stress relief if you can. Um, also if you have the means and time to play other sports to avoid burnout and also just like develop your hand-eye coordination, goalkeeping is like a weird, almost separate sport than being a field player. And I think that playing multiple sports can really help with confidence in your body and confidence, like how you move. And, um, it definitely helps me. I don't know if I would be at the, the goalkeeper I am today if I wasn't playing other sports as a kid. So, um, but on the field, just like practicing your practicing your craft. I think that can sound weird you, as a goalkeeper. When you train, you kind of need other people to be like helping you out in terms of giving you reps and shooting. But if you can figure out what it is that makes you special as a goalkeeper, whether you have really secure hands, you're good at your feet, you have good positioning. Um, you want to be a well-rounded goalkeeper, but at a young age, you might be able to figure out what it is that really draws you in. For me, it's 1v1s and put saves. I really liked that ever since I was a kid. That's kept me really engaged when I was younger in training. Um, but yeah, I'd say like really cultivate what it is that you like about goalkeeping and try to apply that to other sports and play other sports. I love that you said the other sports stuff, because it's so funny. So many players think they have to play on three soccer teams and just soccer, 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 their entire career. And that's what they have to do to get to the next level. But all the professional athletes that we like interview, they always tell us I played a different sport, like growing up. And it's just amazing to see that athleticism. And it's such a great tip for players who are listening to really like get interested, go have fun and play other sports. And it will definitely, you know, round out your game. So that's great. Um, so to just wrap up, we'd love to play first and favorites. Shan, do you want to kick it off? What was your first pair of cleats and your first gloves? Uh, my first pair of cleats that like I went and picked out were some T90 laser ones. I don't think they were like the top tier ones, but they had that like fat sole plate mm-hmm. and they were like, definitely a pair of like boy cleats they were like black and silver and blue but i thought they were <laughs> sick there were no women's cleats when we were when we played in that no not- and then they went through a phase where they had women boots and like they didn't fit my feet very well they were really bright and i was like i can't do that <laughs> first pair of gloves um uh, god this is like a tough one i remember seeing like brianna scary wearing like the first pair of like vapor grip threes they had this like bl- cool blue swirly design and i was like yeah I'm all over that. So I got a pair of those. <laughs> That's awesome. What was your first job? My first job. Mm, I, the, my official title was title was game master. I was a, I was like a, <laughs> I was like a host at a laser tag. Really good at laser tag. Game master is what really they call good. it. Game master. Honestly, that um, I don't know what so else. So good on a resume. Yeah. I like. Yeah, I killed it. I had to like memorize this whole spiel to like teach like the like uh, onboarding for the kids to like teach them how to use the equipment, and then I had to like obviously watch them while they're in the thing, and then I had like host birthday parties. It was sick. <laughs> you remember the spiel? Like, is it in your head still? <laughs> no I feel like that's long gone that's long gone but it was like I had it down <laughs> it was like a 10 minutes thing and you had to like follow a script it was horrible that is my favorite answer yet to that yeah, question really good. laser tag game master laser tag and game master I could have I didn't even know what what type of uh like business that went under but I, was yeah, you have to start the I don't know what else I would call that it's a game you're a game master yeah, <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> uh, what is the first professional game you ever went to? Any sport? 
Uh, it was soccer. Um, yes, professional soccer. It was at Providence Park. And I believe it was USA versus Canada. Oh, wow. Maybe, maybe Mexico. It might have been Mexico. Um, don't remember if it was just a friendly or part of a tournament. I went with a club team. I grew up watching, you know, Portland Pilots soccer, but I had never seen the women's team play. And it was like that moment that kids talk about for me. Poor memory. Yeah. Big time. What was um, your first celeb crush? My first celeb crush. I mean, if we're talking like way, way back, like Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys in sync. Uh, Justin Timberlake in sync, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It was ramen hair that did it for you? Yeah, just like, uh, yeah. The ramen hair and the voice. (laughs) Dance with. Who's your favorite team to watch? My favorite team to watch? Soccer? It could be anything. Hmm. I mean, I grew up watching, I didn't grow up watching a lot of soccer. Um, like on television, obviously there wasn't a lot of women's soccer, unfortunately, like year round. Um, I was watching a lot of Oregon state football as a kid. Um, and a lot of baseball, like Portland, uh, Providence park used to host this like semi-pro baseball team called the Portland Beavers. I watched those games. (laughs) Um, what is your favorite pregame song? It changes. I feel like, oh, what's my favorite pregame song? It changes, but I definitely like uh, Thunderstruck by ACDC. I think that was like one of our walkout songs in college, and I love that song. Like Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue. Those are good ones. But I have a a couple of good playlists. I like hip-hop and rock, so it changes. Very cool. What's your favorite cheat meal? Cheat meal? Mm. Can I list like 10? I feel like every meal I have is a chew meal. <laughs> I don't like, yeah, this is tough because I don't have chew meal. I like just ate a pizookie pizu- last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say desserts. I'm just going to like umbrella term it desserts for sure. Do you have a favorite hobby besides soccer? Uh, I really like camping and fishing. Ooh, that's cool. What kind of fish? fish? What kind of fish? uh in Oregon like salmon and trout Ooh, so you catch your own salmon that's legendary I try I try yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can be tough but yeah. <laughs> I have them yeah do you have a, a favorite soccer memory that sticks out in your mind favorite soccer memory I think um honestly the ICC tournament last summer was really fun just because I think I like it was just like one of the most soccer fun, one of the most fun games i've ever played in awesome we love going to the icc it's always fun to watch uh, yeah it was a blast we'll end on this one what is your biggest soccer girl problem my jeans don't fit yeah <laughs> Welcome it to really college. sucks doesn't it <laughs> i don't wear i'm like really thankful for the like evolution of joggers as a sweatpants mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude. And I like pre- I like pretend that, like I can get away with those. I was like, I'm like, yeah, I'm into streetwear. Yeah. Really, I just wear joggers. Um. <laughs> Honestly, I've found that Abercrombie and Fitch has jeans that actually fit. Like they're tight on your waist, but they're loose in the thighs. Like it's- I need to do that. I like yeah. I've been buying men's jeans, yeah. which are fine, but like there's spot for like you know, man man yeah. parts, man parts. <laughs> but men have you know bigger like butts i guess i don't know but they're just like 
they fit better, I guess. Oh my gosh. Someone, you'd think someone would have cracked the code by now, but like even athletic It's not that work, hard. Like Yeah, even athletic jean companies though, I still don't feel like they fit yeah, right. Have you, like I yeah, I've seen those and I'm like, I wonder. You I'm just not willing to pay ninety dollars to find out. <laughs> That's a good one though. Well, Bella, thank you so much for coming on. This is awesome. And we hope you have a great season and hopefully we get to see you play in person sometime soon yeah that'd be awesome stay in touch thanks guys thank Thank you thanks for your time bella Bye. bye